Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. everybody to another episode of sales velocity tv i'm andrew that's aaron and we are talking traffic and conversion today more so what's going on behind the scenes in the world of traffic and conversion aaron i feel it changes so much day to day and you got to be on top of it as if you were like a day trader trading your stock account or your cryptocurrency account because these numbers and these stats and this data is moving fast i know you see it a little bit more than i do but we're going to break down exactly what it takes to continue to be able to make cold traffic convert to warm buyers, how to continue to optimize your offer. And then we'll talk, I think, towards the end, Aaron, about what we're seeing that's working well today and what isn't working so well today, which I think is a good closing. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, for all the people that watch us live. This is your last opportunity to see the, the background of the beach condo. I'll be officially back <laughs> in my, my normal house on Sunday as my, my nine-year-old is released from his 14-day quarantine with my uh, wife. So yes. I'm excited to get back to the to the normal world, to my normal big glass cube office that most people back are. in the studio but next week with the vintage the with your vintage backdrop. With my, yes. Yes. With my, looking my forward vintage, to it personally. My jazz trumpet playing I'm background to it. next week. But uh, yeah, we're talking about traffic. We're talking about how to maximize every dollar, how to make sure your offers are converting today. And I think really Andrew, we're gonna start today is, is sort of a general state of the union, yeah. you know, of what we're seeing going on. Um, had a great conversation with uh, a potential client the other day that you and I were talking about. And, um, you know, in, in this particular case, he was talking about Facebook and he was in, in Instagram and he was saying, you know, up to about, you know, May, we were killing it. And then it just fell right off a cliff. Right. And I said, okay, great. Uh, let me ask you a few questions. Number one, what's the, you know, what, have you, what was the first thing that you did uh, with regards to the iOS? changes that yeah, went into I'd like you to talk a little bit about that, Aaron, too, because this new Apple iOS thing has created mass disruption, by the way, mm -hmm. in the world of Facebook and Instagram or Google, too? It, it has in Google as well because it's 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 impacting both, but we're actually seeing a much more immediate um, effect inside of Facebook and Instagram. And, and for those people that don't know what iOS uh, is, that you might see it going around, but you don't really know what... I think they know it because they see it on their iPhone, but that's about it, right? Yeah, right, is is basically what's happened is is Apple, with all of their phones and all of their devices, has, and particularly around the phones right now, they've basically said, we're going to cut down on people's ability to track you in the advertising space, right? So we all know, we've all had those conversations with our friends. You, you had it the other day, we had a conversation and, and you showed me Bill Phillips, right? We were talking about Bill Phillips, and five minutes later, you saw a post from Bill Phillips, kind of right? like the retargeting, tracking your thoughts. Exactly, right? Your they, phone. They, people, people are a little creeped out by that, right? They are. I mean, how many times? So, is Apple doing something about this? Is that their right? Have they said, "Hey, we want to protect the consumer a little bit more"? Correct. And that's probably really pissing off uh, off what's his name, um, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg at Facebook because he'd like all the tracking he could ever get. It, He's been called the capital four times now on that. It's the most disruptive. Um, change in the digital marketing uh, industry since the Google slap of 2007. So what basically Apple has said is when people download the new operating system, iOS 14, yeah. any time that they're going into any free app that will track their, um, their 
usage so that advertisers can then more effectively advertise to the user the thing that they want based on their usage, the, um, the user will get a pop-up that says, you know, hey, do you wanna um, allow this website to track your, your usage? And you press yes or no, and if you press no, Apple's blocking the tracking um, technology or the of, advertising networks of the advertising networks, yep. right? And you know, in theory, this is a good thing, right? Like, if you don't want to be tracked, you shouldn't be tracked. But the reality is, is when you download Facebook for free, right? Why you get it for free is because they sell ads. So they're basically saying, we'll give you this, you know, nice little app for free, and, and just so you know, we're going to track you and we're going to serve you ads because that's how we get paid and that's how we run our business, right? Now, most people in their minds are like, I don't care if. Facebook makes money or not. So no, I'm not going to let you track me. And what we've seen over the last four months since this has rolled out is as more people update to the operating system, which didn't happen overnight, right? Because people have different phones, different ages. Some people, you know, they upgrade right away. Some people, they, they don't, yep. right? As we've seen this steady decline inside of Facebook and Instagram's uh, dashboard where you track the key events that you want to track, purchases, leads, strategy sessions, right? We've seen this steady decline. It wasn't really that bad when they when they first released it a few months ago, but now we're seeing as much as 70% of the events that we want to track. Let's say we're running a campaign to sell, you know, little red wagons, right? And usually we'd be able to see exactly which campaigns had purchases on them and that allows us to navigate properly. Um, now all of a sudden we're seeing 30% of the data. So we might've made a hundred sales from our campaigns, but we can only see 30 of them in the dashboard. So there's a black hole there. Yeah, well, it makes it very, very difficult for a, a media buyer, a campaign manager to actually know which campaigns are working and which ones aren't. <clears throat> now, this is only gonna get worse. And the funny thing is, is that Apple has already um, started to hint that they're going to start running ads Ooh. in their own stuff. So really this is a power play to eliminate one competitor. You know, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but does 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 Apple and Facebook, do they like each other or are they? I don't you know? really think so. I, I don't particularly are think they, so. Are they rivals? Are they are they are they allies? Are they We're we're talking about multi-billion dollar companies battling over the eyeballs. same you know, they, they want the eyeballs, right? That's that's we you know, people people don't understand when something's free, right? And and for the most part Apple stuff is is pretty much free. Their apps, their what I mean, you got to buy a phone or whatever, but that phone probably costs more than to make than it does for you to buy, right? Facebook's free, Instagram's free, LinkedIn's free, whatever. If you're downloading something free, right, that's not the yes. product. Yep, yep. You're the product, right? You, the user, are the product, and and you're being sold to to the advertisers, right? They want to get in front of you and they want to sell you stuff, right? So, this is a power play on the move of Apple to slowly eliminate one of their competitors and launch their own internal stuff. And good for them. That's business. That's life in the fast lane yep, yep. and so on and so forth. Right. So, you know, what you, if, if you're doing any type of volume in your advertising, you, what we're now seeing is you've got to move away from the typical ways that we used to track in our advertising dashboards, which was with their pixels and things like that. And you've actually got to move to something called server side tracking where we're actually going all the way to, you know, the merchant account um, or the server, you know, the server itself, and we're pushing the data back in. And there's a few different tech 
things that you have to put in place. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole on this show today of what that is and how you do it. You can do some Google searching on server-side traffic, you know, API, you know, those are the keywords that you want to be doing some searching on. But, you, you know, Apple is, is on average with our campaigns, probably 60% of the devices of, being used of the devices, specifically the iPhone, right? Yeah, so it's been a big hit um, for a lot of people. Now there's pros and there's cons to, to every sort of cataclysmic situation. You know, somebody said, never let a good, um, never, it, never, never let a great crisis go to waste. Is that it? That's exactly what I was going to say, right? Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So if you go and you do some research, go down the rabbit hole, look at, at CAPI, at API, at server-side tracking, there's some things that you can put into play that what we found, you know, with our group, Andrew, is that we've, we've got our data back to about 90 to 95% accurate where Good. it was before, but it took some work. Yep. Yep. And, um, and when you got to do work, what happens? What happens when a big change happens and work is required? Well, what's, what, like, like you said, where there's, where there's crisis, there's opportunity. And what that normally does is going to weed out a lot of competitors, which is a big thing. Right. So exactly. if you're listening right now and you're not advertising in somewhat of an aggressive, consistent way, maybe not aggressive, but consistent on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Google, right? The big three, four, the three, the, the three, 300 pound, the three, 800 pound gorillas in the room. A lot of people have been squeezed out because they can't track their data. So they can't make good economic decisions. We're going to talk today about that path that you want to be really cognizant, cognizant of to get someone to the to to the conversion level. But I think this was a good start because there's definitely been some breakdown in tracking from the Facebook and Instagram ads level. And I think you said a little bit of Google too. Yeah, we're seeing it in Google too, but just not to the same level as we saw in, in Facebook and Instagram. And I just want to give everybody so, sort of a high level of what's happening right now. So we've got that. We've got the iOS 14 release, which if you don't do something about it, it's only going to get worse. Right. And then we've got the fact that Facebook, you know, because they're a public company, they release their finances, um, you know, quarterly. As, as part of, of, of their requirements. They make astronomical said, money, by the way. Yeah, they do. And what they said is this year, we're bumping our ad cost by 50%. That's what's going to happen. That's part of our business plan moving forward. So this is nothing new. Um, they bump their, their average ad cost every single year. What they usually do is they, they wait until we get to close to fourth quarter. And then when all the big competition comes in for Cyber Monday, Black Friday, all that stuff, they jack up the costs, right? A lot of the competition gets weeded out. They can't handle the, the bump. And then typically around January, it goes back down, but it never goes back down to where it was the January before. It's like a stair There's always incline, a new base. Right? Yeah, there's always a baseline. Like most things in life, right? Right. So if your traffic is going up, it's kind of like if your taxes are going up, right? You got to figure out, okay, well, how do I price accordingly? How do I squeeze every dollar out of what I'm doing, right? So you've got these two elements working together right now. And this happens on every ad network. We're just picking on Facebook today because yeah, well, it's, it's, the, it's the most popular for sure. I mean, right. So, you know, what we really have to understand is the only way that you're ever going to be able to combat this is by being better at what you offer, being better yeah, at what go. you offer, being go. better right. at communicating it, mm -hmm. being better at following up, just be better. You just have to be better. And if you're better, then you can charge more. And because you're charging more, you're offsetting the rising costs of the things around you. Right. On. Right. So what we kind of want to talk about today was breaking it into the three parts, right? Your ad, your funnel offer, you know, the middle part, and then your follow up. 
Three right? Because if you don't have these three things operating at the highest level, it's like death and, by a thousand cuts. Yeah, and you know what, what? The best way to look at this, Aaron, is if you want to be an effective advertiser, and by the way, you'll never scale a business if you're not an effective advertiser because you can only grow so much with your own network and your warm market and referrals. You sort of tap out at some point, right? So to get to the next level and to scale the business, you're going to need to almost have I look at it like there's three little divisions within the same division. So we're talking traffic and conversion as a whole today. That's big picture. But yeah. within the traffic and conversion conversation, there's these three little pillars or these three little verticals. The ad itself, you got to be able to write a good ad and get people to go, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me click it. So right. big right there. Second piece is the landing page, AKA the funnel. When yeah. they land on that thing, they clicked on to see, can you also now get them over to hump over the hump to give you their name and email, give you a phone number, get them to call, sign Maybe up for a webinar, something. right? Is the offer now compelling enough to get right. them to want to learn more and become a prospect? And then once that's complete, do you have a good organizational system and a follow-up system in place to be able to see that person through to becoming a customer or a client? There's three parts, but there's only three. Which is good. Yeah. So a lot of times if this is like new territory for business owners and they go, I really need to crack this online advertising thing. I know a lot of people watching are not seasoned internet marketers. They're not seasoned advertisers, Aaron, because it's just not a skill set that is that easy to adopt. So guys like you and I are almost like, I don't want to say dinosaurs. Well, I guess I could say dinosaurs. I mean, we're, we're, we're like, we've been doing it a long time. Right? We've been doing it a long time. We're not extinct, right? We've been doing it a long time. But we, I should just say we're seasoned. Well, what's the what's the term that we're 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 um, unicorns? We're, bro. Bill Glazer of Glazer Kennedy used to use this term: grizzled veterans. Right, I love that funny. term. I've always loved it. We are grizzled veterans when it comes to traffic and conversion because right. we've been and, doing and, traffic and, and conversion since before Google was even a search engine. So that that's a lot of time. It's true, and I, but I think sometimes we get caught in our own little bubble where we think this is most of the stuff that we talk about now is common knowledge because it's been a growing we take it for granted we do for 14 years yeah. right yeah and then almost every i'm not even gonna say almost every single person that you and i speak to one-on-one -on -one, has a problem in one two if not all three of the things that we just talked you about. just nailed it it's it's, right? it's almost at a 99.9 percent .9 batting average so then clearly we're not dinosaurs. Clearly it's not common knowledge, right? Clearly it's still evolving and it's still not as, as commonly understood as, as we think it is because we've lived in it for the last 15 years. But listen, right? Aaron, think about it this way. You and I just had a 30 minute conversation before the show mm -hmm. on how we're still to this day. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like these guys that we always talk about on the show that are just, they've been doing their thing for so long and so well. The Tony Robbins of the world, the Tom Cruises of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world. They just kept going and going and going because they're constantly refining. We just had a conversation before the show about a huge refinement and adjustment and tweak we're doing to our advertising. And most people think at some point you get to a set it and forget it place and you really never do. You can for a little short periods of time. But the amount of optimization that has to go in to keeping conversions high month in, month out, year in, year out is a lot of work. It's daunting work, but man, it is so worth it because you'll never scale without it. Right. And, and some people go, you know, how is it worth it? Right. And we won't go into the details of the conversation we were just having before this, but basically where we're at in one of our businesses right now that, that we own, we're at a multiple seven figure level 
in that business. And we, in about 20 minutes, hash through some details that will allow us to take that business from, you know, $2 million a year to $6 million North a of five, year. Yeah. Right. And it'll happen over the course of the next 45 days. Right. Imagine if you had that kind of clarity and power with your business that you could just make some optimizations, you know, when you were ready and take it to that level. That's the the power of what we talk about on this show. If anything, on most days and we've been talking about this for a year, Andrew, we could dramatically expand the size of the business any day we want to. Any business we have, we could go our challenge is actually in slowing ourselves down to make sure that the infrastructure and the optimization and everything is in place so that we don't waste money or we don't ruin a reputation of a specific company or whatever. So where most people are out there saying, how do I get more leads, more sales? We're saying, how do we slow ourselves down to make sure that the systems are in place for it to run smoothly? The preparation is in place to be able to handle the sales take Correct. care of the customer, deliver the product. That's At the highest the key. level. A lot of times it's, I need leads, I need sales now. And if somebody blows up and gets a lot of leads and a lot of sales, they haven't quite nailed the operations in the fulfillment yeah. to a level that needs to be. So there's, there's a lot of balancing act happening, as you said. Yeah. But I want to, I want to go back to what you just said a second ago, because you even took that statement for granted. And that was at any given time, we can just turn the knob and double or triple our track. That's powerful. Can you imagine getting to a point in your business where you can literally make a decision? You know what? Today, I think we're going to double our advertising spend, maybe triple or quadruple our revenue in the next 45 days because we have such a handle on the traffic and conversion piece that we can kind of turn it on and turn it off like clockwork now. It has taken us a long time to get to that, to get to be, to get to say that statement. And I wanted to just nail that home because this is the end result of really getting good at traffic and conversion is eventually you can get to a point where you can completely control the amount of lead flow and deal flow that's coming into your business. I mean, that's, it's an investor's dream. It's an owner's dream. It's, it's life a funding dream. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cash cow and it is incredibly attractive for sale. I mean, so many, so many benefits, obviously. For me, I, I talk about it with our team all the time. It's actually generationally impacting, right? Because when we see one of our clients go from $10,000 a month in sales to a million dollars a month in sales, that's impacting them, their children, their children's children. Like we've, we've, we've recharted the direction of their life, mm. right? And, 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 I, and I only know one way to do that. And that's through what we talk about that, that I feel like I'm smart enough to actually be able to successfully do. Like I, I can't, I'm not a finance guy. I don't think I could run a hedge fund. I don't think I could be a brain surgeon. I don't, you know, to me, this is just time, you know, and, and consistency. And it, you don't have to be a genius. You just have to, you know, take the time to understand the pieces, which is why if you're watching the show, you know, good for you because you're, you're investing time into what I think is the most accessible, the most valuable skill set on the planet. You know, no can I go to a business, whether it be mine or somebody else's and say, well, what would your business look like if I 10 X it tomorrow? Most people go, not possible, you know, but the reality is very possible. In fact, it's, it's overnight possible, 
<laughs> we just have to make sure that all the pieces are in play to do it, you know, uh, profitably and, and sustainably long term. Right. So let's go back to the the, the, the ads. It's the ads so pillar sucks, number right? one is and, and really let me let me jump in for a second. I actually kind of feel like number one and number two are interchangeable. For the well, reason that my ad will be dictated by my funnel and my landing page. So if I'm correct. so if I'm offering a free report on weight loss, let's say, sure, I got to really know what that offer is to write a good ad. I can't just go write an ad and then figure out what am I correct. selling here because the, the the copy in the ad will dictate what I'm offering. So really, it's they correct. go hand in hand. They, there has to be consistency. We we talk about this when we look at clients all the time, where there'll be incon incongruencies between the ad and the landing page offer, yeah, which is a disconnect. The, the disconnect there will, will will create a conversion problem, right? So you're 100% accurate that you really have to take some time to know and do some research, whether it's internally with your customers or externally with other experts or analyzing competitors to understand what are the pain points of the particular group that you're attempting to sell to, what, what are the negative experiences they've had in the past? What are the things that irritate them? What do they really want to accomplish? How is it going to impact their life if it is accomplished? So, so if you really have to take that time and do that research. And, and once you do, then you can craft a solution to their pain points, mm -hmm. which now you know is reflected in, let's say, your landing page, right? And once you've got that, then you can carry that forward into your advertising and the difference between let's just say the landing page and the advertising is that the, the advertising you need to be a little bit more aggressive in grabbing the attention and you can tone it down a little bit as long as it's still congruent right. in your landing page right but over in the ad side and let's just say we were talking about an example of um use my free report example all the way through right yeah, like the free report example is great. We have a we have a client that's in the insurance space, and um, and what she sells is uh, basically a type of insurance where if you get injured on the job, you get paid cash right away. There's no like messing around with you know uh, payouts over time or having to die or like whatever, right? And so in the ad side of it, right, she has to go out and actually twist the knife to get attention very quickly because insurance is boring right and and i think it's kind of where we got to stop and and really make a point here most of the time what you're selling is boring and saturated and nobody cares what you have to do when you're creating ads and offers is you have to make it unboring right Somehow so make it entertaining interesting it's hard to do sometimes right, right? Yeah, you have to smile some... a little bit, have fun with it, right? Don't be yeah, so you can don't be... be don't don't make it obvious that you're so bored with your stuff, right? It's like <laughs> yeah, it's got to be people, right? it, it's got to be very disruptive, right? Yeah. So you know what we did in her particular ad is we said, hey, um, you know, you know, attention people working in high risk jobs. What would your life look like if you got injured and your family didn't have any money to live off of and you couldn't get a, a new job? And now all of a sudden your kids couldn't afford new clothes or to go to the school that they wanted to. And all of a sudden you had to move in with your parents when you were 42 years old, right? All of a sudden somebody who's in a high risk they job go, just read that headline. So it grabbed them because I'm in a high risk job. And then it starts really painting this picture and twisting this knife, yeah, yeah. right? And they're like, oh my God, I can't be that person that, that leaves my family in that kind of situation, right? 
Um, let me show you the little, the, 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 the unknown sector of insurance that very few people have any idea exists that can get you paid out within 24 hours if you have a job on your high risk in industry. Click the link below to learn more and then they go over to the landing page and it reiterates the same you know, stuff from the ad and you know, enter your email here to watch a case study where somebody just like you went through the exact same thing and they got paid out. Whereas if they had done this other thing, they wouldn't have got paid out and their family was taken care. Well, now if I'm in a, a high risk job, I all of a sudden feel like if I don't watch this, I'm an irresponsible parent. I'm a bad parent. If I'm a bad wife, I'm a bad husband. I'm irresponsible. Oh my God, I don't want to be that guy. Right. And I'm going to listen and learn about what this person has to say. Right now, the, the, the alternative to that would have been having an ad that just said, get high risk job insurance today. Right. So that ad falls short. It, it, it dies on the two yard line. And that's what happens mostly in advertising today. And by the way, we did a whole episode on this, which is which would be very instructive called the two by three selling method, where we broke down this problem agitate solution formula, which is exactly what you just did. You're going to have to really elicit some emotion in these ads today. We're getting hit with how many ads in a day? From TV, from internet, from awesome. social media. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to be a little bit dramatic today if you want to get attention and stop someone on their tracks on the ad. And then that then needs to be carried through to part two here, which is when they land on your funnel, your website, your landing page, right? Then when they get there, they then need to be sold on the next step, which is usually name an email, give us a call download the report, right? You then have to do it again. So there's two steps here, which is really important, is the ad has to elicit that response you just had. And then when you hit the page, you gotta be good enough on, maybe it's a video of you, maybe it's just good copy, maybe there's great testimonials and case studies. Something has to be there to say, this report will show you how to get to here without here, right? This report will show you how to lose 10 pounds, in 30 days without sacrificing your whole life to eating salad all day long, right? So Correct. something like that, that gets them moving and then they go and get the report. And now you've achieved two critical steps. You got the, you, you got their attention with the ad, they click through, you now kept their attention and got them to request the thing on the page. And now you have a prospect. Now you have a list, right? Now someone's in your funnel. And now really good business is bringing me to part three. I don't know if you want to mention anything on part two, Aaron, but on part three is now you have follow up and follow through, which is almost like a lost art today. I think we did a whole episode on this. That's well, why we started Pipeline Pro, our company that, it, that, that, that produces this show is because follow up and follow through is an, is an organizational software process that very few have. Yeah, and, and I talk about Simon Sinek, who you and I worked with many, many years ago, he has, I think, the most watched TED Talk of all time, uh, Start With Why. And what he talks about in there is um, the law of diffusion of innovation, right? And and basically what he talks about is that there's, there's you know, 2% of people who see something and they just get it on day one. Right. You know, they're, they're the ones that, you know, waited, you know, nine hours for the, the first iPhone, right? In, yeah, in line, exactly, right? Exactly. And the, but the, the, the problem is, is that, there's a, let's just say there's a hundred percent of people who would buy your stuff if given a long enough timeline and enough information and enough, um, you know, overcoming of objections and all those things, right? You can't rely on just the two and a half percent of people who just get it, right? 
We talked about this earlier. Advertising costs are going up, right? We talked about, um, you know, battles between platforms, trying to, re you know, remove the amount of people, you know, that that are going to be, you know, have eyeballs, right? Everyone's in the fight for the eyeballs. I mean, that's why the media is so crazy right now. We, we, we talk about this all the time, Andrew. They're just pumping fear and division and animosity because those kind of things get eyeballs and they need to sell them to their advertisers, right? You got so, that right. And I, and I don't know if you can see this, but I've brought up a an old vintage visual for those watching by Sales Velocity TV of where people are in the buying cycle. So critical is very few are open to buying now, like you said. So how are you not building a list and building a follow-up path when close to 80% even closer to 90% of your prospects are not ready to do anything right now. Correct. And you brought up this old, this graph. I think we've had this graph up in one of our shows we before, right? A while ago, exactly. The 3% the of people are the people who just get it, right? right. But there's all these other people that are going to get it over time if you invest enough into your follow-up, your messaging, your branding, all of these things that, that move people into the buying you know, cycle that won't if you don't, right? And and again, when costs are going up all over the place, if you're just relying on the 3%, your days are numbered, right. right? You have to maximize everything. So, you know, once you can get somebody into your ecosystem, once you can get them into your, your store, you know, once you can get their email, once you can get their phone number, once they've bought one thing, doesn't matter how small from you, right? The what, what do we call it? The micro commitment, right? Sure, the micro commitment. What kind of experience are you giving them after they've given you that thing? Do they get a call? Do they get an email? Do they get a text? Do they get sent something in the mail? Do they get to attend a webinar or a class or some sort of training, right? What's going on back there? Because it took a lot to get that lead. Yep. What's now going on back there to keep that lead interested, engaged, and slightly entertained, right? We talked about this before. Entertained yeah. and interested is something you need to strive for today. And, and I would take a third pillar of that, entertained, interested, and knowing that you care, knowing that you value so much the fact that they would engage with your business, that you're going to send them helpful tips by email once a week for whatever industry you're in, that you're going to open your network to them, that you're going to educate them more on the things that they want to learn about, that you're going to share, you know, helpful testimonials from other people that they can learn, you know, how, how do you give, 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 give that you're going to book one-on-ones with them to show them demos that you're going to, you know, follow up with them in two weeks and ask if they're okay. Yeah, right. That all of these little elements where people are like, man, these guys, these girls, this company is just going over and above to give me the best experience possible. And that's a lot of stuff. It's a customer experience play. We've done a whole episode on it and you have to engineer that. And you have to be very deliberate about that because so few are. So few are buy or die. They spend all this time and energy on great ad, great funnel. They get the leader, they get the customer. And it's like, I always jokingly say they're in the witness protection program now. You can't find them. Right. It's it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a conversation yesterday with one of our clients um, and – they started with us at about a hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. And then they got up to 1.5 million a month in revenue 12 months later. And their, their customer journey of their product itself was extremely disjointed. It was like, buy this program. There's no start and finish dates to it. 
And then they came up with another program and they just kind of sold it to the group and there was no start and finish dates. And then they came up with another one and they sold it. And, and so they're just hammering this list over and over and over again, which eventually it's going to saturate, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and we had to sit down with them and say, no, like you have to think about your customer journey the same way that you think about it in your ads. You've got to think about it once they become customers. Hey, we're going to give you this. This is going to take you to this spot, right? And then if you get to that spot and you want to get to this spot, we're going to, we're going to give you this. You know, and it's going to take the first one's going to take you six months. The second one's going to take you six months. The third one's going to take you six months. And then you're going to get to here. And then you just keep thinking, like, what do my clients want? What do they need? How can I best serve them? What can I put together? And how can I create a clear path for what they want? And a lot of people go, well, was this just information marketing? No, it's not. Right. If you look at somebody like Dollar Shave Club, right, they solved a big problem. They said Gillette razors are 20 bucks a pop. And they're kept in a closed locked case, which is absurd in the grocery store. I don't know if that's how it is. So people don't steal them. Right. So people don't steal them. Right. And we're just going to deliver them to your house, you know, for five bucks a month. You'll never have to think about it again. And then once they they solve that pain point, that thing that people were irritated by. Right. Then they said, what else are would our customers want right we know they shave we know they're probably men right not that difficult to figure out what else a man might need that is congruent and consistent with his shaving regimen and all of a sudden out came the organic no paraffin shaving creams after and then after that some some deodorant right right and then and then and the guys are like man these guys have done such a great job in winning me over and communicating with me and following up like absolutely why would i want to buy the the, the the gillette shave cream i'd rather buy their shave cream why would i you know it it's all about thinking about what's next and how you can create that customer experience that just buys their loyalty that's what you're doing is you're buying loyalty i read the other day andrew blew my mind mm-hmm. What do you think the lifetime value? I've never seen this released before till yesterday. What do you think the lifetime value is of a Starbucks customer? Don't know. Take a guess. Oof. The lifetime value of a Starbucks coffee. customer. One, co- one coffee at a time. One coffee at a time. It's got to be in the thousands. Yeah. Take just random guess. 10000 $14,950. They've, they've figured it out. That's their lifetime value of a Starbucks customer. That blew my mind, right? Because we're talking about what? A two bucks, three bucks at a time, right? Because well, they- Well, listen, Starbucks engineered what they call the third place. Expand. The third place, meaning you have a home, you have an office, and Starbucks was engineered to be the third place. They were the pioneer of a coffee shop you can hang out in and be a regular in and do your work in and sit in the couches and all like. We take all that for granted now. Starbucks pioneered that. They called it, you know, we are a third place business. That was how they, that was their unique selling. I've never product. heard that. You never knew That's that. Brilliant. So if you read the story about Starbucks early on, that was the model. It wasn't just, we're just going to serve coffee. No, we want to become the third place. You got a home and an office and you have Starbucks. And that's, yes, I mean, listen, because that's an experiential play. It isn't a coffee play. The coffee's all right. The third place feel and the aura of the place is what people loved. People clamoring early on to get a seat. 
it's the feel, it's the music, and the smell. It's the smell. It's the couches. You don't even have to it's, like coffee to love the smell of coffee. No, it's and and I love going into Starbucks. Me too. When we when we were in Florida a couple weeks ago with yeah, you, you and your hotel was you had one downstairs. Yeah, we were in the downstairs, and then when I was waiting for my wife while she was doing her test to, to become a teacher, you know, I sat in the Starbucks for two hours. Why? Because I never sat in the felt third like, place, pal. I didn't feel like I was irritating anybody. Nobody was like, are you going to buy any more stuff? Exactly. You know, but it was, you know, it was a cool place to just chill for a couple hours That's and right. do some work. Right. That's right. That's the experience, right? They took coffee, which first off has a massive multiple. That's why coffee places are successful. Cost them like five cents to make coffee. Right. Great. You charge three bucks for it. You know, you're right. winning. You wish it was three. Right. Yeah. You're, you're winning. <laughs> you used to so, be three. Now it's like six. Right. So in your industry, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's insurance, it's coaching, it's finance, it's marketing, it's, it's selling shavers, whatever it is. How can you create the, the third place ideal? That's right. Right? Like what we've done with Pipeline Pro is at first what we said is we're just going to sell the, the customer management system, right? We're going to give people the best you know, ecosystem for managing their leads and their sales and their follow-up, right? And then we talked to our customers and we said, what else would you like? And they said, well, we don't like setting everything up. We're, we're technically challenged. Okay, let's put together a product to just set it up for you. And a whole bunch of people bought it, right? And then they said, we would like to learn about Facebook ads. No problem, right? We teach inside of it. We have a Facebook course inside of it, right? We, I would like to have somebody build me a funnel, right? Okay. We built a division where we can build funnels. We're like, we want our customers to be like, look, when it comes to anything inside of this digital marketing space, we got you. You All you have to do is reach out. We got you, right? So that they don't have to go to here and there and everywhere all over the, the planet. We can serve them at the highest level with whatever they need. But that comes from actually talking to them, asking them, listening to them, right? All of that stuff. Yeah, and listen, the you look at the Pipeline Pro situation, I'm thinking about it as you're talking about it, right? It's when we get a new customer, we call them, we invite them to trainings, we give them complimentary one-on-one -on -one fast start sessions. We have a private Facebook group. We invite them to live trainings. We invite them into fast start trainings. We you, like, this is like, we've engineered all the steps to make someone go, wow, I'm in the right place. I don't really need to go anywhere else because all my needs are served here in this all-in-one platform, but the people care and they take care of us. Once in a blue moon, Aaron, you get a guy who's got to be just so down and out, broken, busted and upset with themselves that will go... I, I give me a refund because I, I I can't believe they communicate with me this much, and I'm like, oh my god! Like somebody's internally broken when they they when someone's reaching out to help you and make sure you're okay, and you somehow spin it into you're interrupting me, right? It's like I laugh, but now I'm like, okay, now I know we're taking good care of our people because you know that's somebody who would complain about what time the sun rises, right? Yeah, I mean, with all so great funny. things, there's going to be some people that 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 have a, a problem with it, and I think that you make a good point there because I would listen. Let me let me before you say that I would way rather every day of the week and twice on Sunday over communicate than under communicate because very few businesses over communicate, most under communicate, and then people are more pissed off. 
Yeah, in our in our agency side, Andrew, the the um, the number one complaint that we got up to, uh, well, the number one complaint we always get when when new clients come to us, they say that I've worked with different companies in the past and the communication is horrible, yeah, right? So what we've done, it's it's a it's a black eye. Yeah, so we've yeah. just we've just over communicated. That's right. Right, and when somebody says to us, like you know, like you said, like guys, I I'm this is too many updates, too many whatever. Perfect. That's perfect. When you tell me it's too many, perfect, right? Because that because I'll never get that complaint again. Yep. You know of lack of communication, right? That's right. So that's right. So so you make a great point there that as you're putting these processes in place, there are people, you know, that will shoot you a nasty negative email or a nasty negative. Don't text. be derailed. Don't Stay let true to taking care of the customer. Don't be de- derailed by midget miniature thinking <laughs> right right what did jim Rohn used to always say too many people major in minor things that's right. one of them yeah i agree don't don't let the it's the same thing when we talk about putting content out to continue to engage and educate and bond with your audience yeah if you're really consistent at putting content out there will be people that will say some nasty things you know from you post too much to you're uh, you're ugly. I mean, one of our clients gets called ugly on a daily basis. I feel so bad for him, but you know he makes millions of dollars a month, so the trade-off is worth it, right? He didn't he didn't major in minor things and allow, you know, some some undereducated people derail his progress. Listen, at right? the end of the day, I always say to my team, if they get upset by it, it says more about them than it does about us. Yeah. So when somebody rants about being well taken care of, says way more about their broken life than it does about the service you're giving. And that's something Absolutely. you really want to remember on the back end. But in closing here, what we want to do is, is, is pull this around, right? So right. three pieces here, right? Got to have a winning ad, but that ad will be dictated by what you're offering. Correct. Whether it's a service, a webinar, a free report, a demo, a video sales letter, an overview, a test drive, right? Whatever information education does best, but it's not the rule. It's our rule for the most part, but it's it, it, it's not the only rule. And then the third piece we just wrapped up with is how do you now take care of that new lead? It's really a lead slash prospect. How do you take someone from suspect to prospect to customer? That's obviously having an organizational system on the back end um, and being able to have that come full circle, right? It's really would, that simple though, three piece. parts. I would add one more piece, prospect, you know, suspect, prospect, customer, fan. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Suspect, prospect, customer, fan, or what we say, customer for life, right? Right. Awesome. Fan. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's so wrap we, it uh, well, Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. We're nearing the top of our, our ending time here. Hope you enjoyed this one. It was a little heavy in the beginning. So if you need to go back and watch it, it's worth doing. Aaron's more on the tech side of things and... That was a really important update in the beginning. If you jumped around here, what's going on with the Apple iOS changes as it affects your tracking and your conversion metrics when it comes to Facebook advertising, it's make or break information because this has been a monster change and a huge uprooting of information that's gone on in the last 30 days. So thanks for pointing that out, Aaron, in the beginning. We started with tech and we took it home with these three pieces here. Uh, we'll be back same time next week. SalesVelocityTV.com is where all of our past episodes are. If you watch us live, uh, we're here live every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern in the Sales Velocity TV public Facebook group. That's Aaron. This is Andrew. This one's a wrap. We'll see you next time. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.